These are my comments that I put on the Facebook community about the gripping current events. Medicare and me. Here's what Medicare doesn't do. It doesn't care about your race or your political beliefs. It doesn't care if you are an activist or are passively observing. While it's obvious that division permeates every walk of American life, Medicare doesn't divide. Medicare helps those that believe the same as you. It also helps those that don't. If you know the rules that govern Medicare well, you will realize what I already know. Medicare doesn't discriminate against your financial status or your educational background. Even if every bias known to man has personally affected you, Medicare rules apply without prejudice or judgment of your prior, current, or future philosophy. In fact, Medicare unifies. How? When you do the best to protect yourself, you are protecting the next person. How's that? You don't leave an unpaid bill. You have money, resources, and confidence to buy and eat, which helps your neighbor either directly or indirectly. Medicare unifies people whether they want that help or not, whether they deserve it or not, whether they are your friend or enemy. The sole bias is the properly informed versus the uninformed. There's a reason I haven't commented on the tragedies we have seen on every news outlet. Maximize Your Medicare has been doing its part to unify, whether you knew it or not, whether you thought about it or not. Have I faced discrimination myself? All you need to do is look at the responses to my videos and Facebook advertisements. It would be easy and convenient to simply cease providing the information that few understand, but I can't do that either. Has bias affected me in the past? Of course. There's an idea of a glass ceiling which prevents women from equal pay and career advancement, which is all true, the evidence is overwhelming. I faced a very similar one, subtle and insidious. I didn't reach the levels at companies. Some of that is my personal fault, it's nuanced, it always is. You think that educational level mattered, that the cost of the $100 tie that we wore mattered? No, it didn't. Their diplomas at Harvard and others at the top, similar to my own. Some who doubt my experience may have attempted to say that I was provided with a silver spoon in my mouth. If that silver spoon was that I was provided with unconditional support and love from my parents, then the answer to that is yes. Beyond that, however, the answer is no. Many think that I haven't faced it in the past. You'd be wrong. The result is that when someone else says, quote, you haven't faced what I have all this time, end quote, you can see that why that I think, yeah, maybe I shouldn't comment because I understand that specifically I've never had to deal with that. Do I face this now even when assisting people regarding Medicare or their financial matters? Yes, I do. I have heard blatant racist comments in my presence against others. Should I have st stood up and left? Perhaps. Then again, 
I don't get to pick and choose those that watch my videos, listen to my presentations in public, or have read my book. I don't get to blast the Facebook posts and social media rants of those that I oppose because that person, their mother, their grandmother, all get their shot at Medicare on equal footing. I realize that all are granted the same rights and options as others, and even if it is helping them to further their beliefs that I do not share, that I oppose, there's the bigger picture. Maximize Your Medicare applies to all equally, and that if everyone is properly informed, the whole is better off. All that said, I'm just a guy, but that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. All right, it's Jay. It is the end of the first week of June. The incredible thing is we have seven months still remaining of 2020. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, my name is Jay O. I am the author of Maximize Your Medicare, the 2020 edition published by Allworth Press. You can go to the official website for the book, www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. Other podcasts are up there, resources for Medicare, links to all sorts of other things like the YouTube channel. As always, today is not financial advice. I can't give you direct financial advice unless I knew a lot more about your situation. You can post your questions up on the website. There's a there's a button right there on the main page, on the home page. You can just press there and, and the Ask Jay button, and an email will be sent to me. And I will respond to you very likely within 24 hours. So I'm always tinkering with the podcast, uh, the format of the podcast, the, the pace of the podcast, you know, whether it's going to be light and snarky or whether or not it's just going to be, you know, Mr. Sincerity and all of that kind of good stuff. You know, what the right balance between kind of what you need to know for different persons with different knowledge bases, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm always tinkering with it. So I'm going to tinker again some more here today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it up into three segments. The first segment is going to be kind of head Medicare headlines, things that affect the population as a whole. So headline number one, the CMS has announced that in 2021, next year, that there is going to be an out-of-pocket maximum for insulin, and that number is $35. Okay, $35 for insulin. That is your out-of-pocket maximum, if you will, specifically for insulin. And the three manufacturers for insulin in the United States, which I will not name here, uh, you know, they have all signed on. To it now, you know this is kind of a, a trend in the United States, uh, meaning that individual states have independently passed legislation to basically force the insulin manufacturers to limits on the out-of-pocket maximum for, you know, how much can be charged, and you know this can be imposed at the state level, and certain states have done that. Not a lot of them, but certainly. This is becoming a trend 
certainly, you know, this issue, you get bipartisan support, easy to get bipartisan support to lower prescription drug costs. It is, especially for insulin with diabetes being, you know, a pandemic of its own, uh, you know, epidemic of its own. It, you know, is one that you can get broad-based support without too much difficulty. The second one, and probably I should have led with this as the number one item, is the special election period. The COVID-19 Medicare special election period ends at the end of this month. It ends at the end of this month, June 30th. So listen to my other podcast. All of those rights and options, they have been extended for a special and created as a special enrollment period. What are they quickly? You can change your Medicare Advantage plan if you are a Medicare Advantage plan member. Number two, you can cancel your Medicare Advantage plan, return the Medicare Part A and Part B, and then you can buy a standalone prescription plan, which means number three, that also means that you can enroll in Medigap because it has no calendar, So you get to do that during this period. It is very important to get your Medigap application accepted first because unless you live in a special state or unless you have a special circumstance where you have guaranteed acceptance, okay, or or there's some, there needs to be a path for you to be accepted. If you don't have one of these special exceptions, you would have to pass medical underwriting in order to, to be accepted by Medigap. Those are the rules. The carriers have them, okay? And they do have that right. Last but not least, this is that period where you can enroll in Medicare Part B. Let's just say, for example, for whatever reason, and we're not casting judgment on how you got here, but the point is that you had not enrolled in Part B in a sufficient time frame. You can do so. It will be effective on July 4th, sorry, July 4th, on July 1st. And then in addition to that, you will also have this period by which you can select a Medicare Advantage plan, which includes prescription drug plan. Pretty important to do this because when you sign up for a prescription for a Medicare Advantage plan that includes prescription drug plans, it also turns off the Part D late enrollment penalty if you do not have Part D. So this is a subtle point I put in the book, which is, you know, not only should you be doing this, but you should also at least then enroll in a Part D plan. And one way to get to that path is by enrolling in a Medicare Advantage plan, which includes prescription drug benefits. So that's the second topic or the second headline for, uh, you know, Medicare update third is we are seeing you know a fair amount of rebates to medic to health insurance policyholders that has included individual as well as group plans headlines have been coming out at a slow but very steady stream where there are rebates and the reason reason for it is that the usage of health insurance is way down, way, way down. And you can read headlines. I'm not going to you know, rehash them all for you. 
But you can imagine, right, if non-essential medical procedures are now all turned off entirely or non-critical ones, right, then you can imagine for all of the persons 50 years and older who were going in for the annual physical and then perhaps a preventive, you know, scope, those are all on hold. So what you have is a bunch of medical procedures have not been conducted. So that has hurt many, many medical practices because of the fact you're not going to your primary care physician, much less going to your dermatologist to you know look at your eczema or something like that. So as a result, what has ended up happening is the number of claims that has been filed is also way, way down. So what you end up having is that Due to the way that individual health insurance works, you have something called MLR, which is the medical loss ratio. Well, at this point, when you have the nation basically shut down for two to three months in a row when no one's going to the hospital for emer- for non-emergencies or if you are not going to your doctor for a particular reason and has, this has been delayed, claims are way, way down. Medical practices hurt. This is kind of known. Well, that also means that the health insurance carriers, by not having these claims, are just collecting premium. They don't get to put it into their pocket. They need to meet a particular standard called medical loss ratio. So basically, in effect, what is going on is they are forwarding the medical loss ratio numbers because they know they're not going to meet it, you know. They're pretty good at math. Their, their point of what they do is they are projecting math, math of money. That is their job, to calculate it and not be wrong. And they're usually not wrong. I mean, there can be instances where they're wrong, but in the law of large numbers, they're not wrong. Anyway, what that has meant for people is that you have a large number of carriers, not mandated, but voluntarily announcing that rebates coming to health insurance policyholders. Now that big windup leads me to this is today in Michigan, for example, the largest individual, sorry, the largest health insurance company, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, announced actually that they're going to also rebate, partially rebate the Medicare Advantage premium for those persons who don't pay zero. Now, the reality is, the reality, and I'm going to swerve here and editorialize for just a second. Let's not go overboard with handing them a medal, right? Because the most, that the, the highest premium plan for Medicare Advantage by carriers around the country is $200. So if you're getting a rebate on $200 and call it 15%, it's $30. And don't get me wrong, you should appreciate getting a free $30 back. Nevertheless, this is not a groundbreaking amount. They're not announcing that they're going to be rebating some of the money they received from the CMS. That is not what the announcement is. It is simply that out of your premium that you're having deducted from your Medicare Advantage plan, if it's more than zero, that particular carrier is going to partially rebate some of your premium. The fourth one here is that taxes. Ah, uh, taxes. So, yeah, I've been asked and quoted a no- fair number of times in the media 
uh, you can check them out, thestreet.com, medicareresources.org. I got called today. And you need to understand that unemployment and what is going on. So what have we had, 40 million? Basically, until we, until tomorrow, we'll find out tomorrow what the payroll number is. Um, you know, so this is Thursday night, the fourth. So we'll find out. You know what the April numbers are. We'll find out tomorrow. Anyway, so basically, forty million people have lost their jobs and counting. Now, if those persons were covered by health insurance, they've got to think about what to do. The most. For some of the, if you worked at a place where there were 20 full-time employees, you have the legal, you have the legal right to accept COBRA. That doesn't mean that that is necessarily the best path. Persons have come to us, come to me to say, Jay, I've lost my job or I anticipate on losing my job on a particular date. What are my options? And frequently, and this is your fourth headline is here is, you need to be very careful about the tax implications because while you can certainly enroll in individual health insurance on your state exchange or on your on the federalhealthcare.org you need to be very careful about the way that you are entering the information that calculates the advanced premium tax credit this is now a tax matter so you can understand why I wrote Maximize Your Medicare and the central thesis is health insurance is a financial contract. Medicare is part of health insurance. So as a result, this is a financial matter. One other financial topic is taxes. And so what happens is people think, oh, health insurance, this has to do with, you know, the name of Dr. Jones or Dr. Smith. No, it doesn't. Right. This is a financial contract. That means other financial topics will interact. Other taxes, your taxes don't interact with Dr. Jones or Dr. Smith. They do interact with health insurance. Why? Because the subsidies are actually advanced premium tax credits. IRMA is determined, Medicare IRMA, right, which is the income-related Medicare adjustment amount. That is determined by your level of reported income, right? And without getting into the subtleties about how we are actually determining that income, the point is, is that your radar needs to be on. Radar needs to be on. You know, this is pretty expensive stuff. For example, if you mishandle your advanced premium tax credit application and then what ends up happening is then you end up filing your taxes for 2020 you find out you have mishandled it you then may have to repay back the subsidy that you've received wrongly because you've entered into healthcare.gov healthcare.org or your state exchange whatever path you used in order to get the tax credit, the advanced premium tax credit, well, if you end up having to pay that back and you have a family, this number can exceed $10,000. And the reason I know is because I've seen it. So today we start a new segment and the new segment is called Don't Do This. 
And basically what it is, is, you know, real life examples of something, a decision that somebody made. And what I'm going to do is kind of just review, you know, what the communication was with me directly and what they ended up doing and why I think that, you know, a different path, a different decision-making process could have been used, which would have done or which would have provided with certain extra options that may not have been considered. The background here is the following, which is, you know, I wrote Maximizer Medicare to describe kind of the rights and options that you have, the extremely flexible rights and options that you have. That said, a couple of very important caveats, one which is it gives you an idea about what the rights and options are, but actually executing those rights and options is far more subtle. And you can understand that I couldn't just go in there and blast in the book, say, do this, do that, do this, do that, because you know, I don't know that particular person or you, you the particular reader, so I couldn't say that. You can't make the blanket statements just to say, well, you should absolutely positively do this or absolutely positively do that. Do my private clients, you know, people who have reached out to me on MaximizeYourMedicare.com, you know, pressed on Ask Jay and then send me the information, send me the question, and then, you know, we arrange to have communications yeah, that that is possible. What basically what I'm saying is is that the line in the sand there is there's kind of the decision making and the factors to be used to con- be considered in the decision making. You know that that the book does address. However, actually executing is a separate matter, and what I can't stop people from doing uh, is I can't force the reader to call me, right? I can't force the reader to press on Ask Jay and then establish a client and provider relationship, right? Because there are tons of people sitting with the book, uh, you know, over 200 libraries, well over 200 libraries in the United States having the book. Thank you very much to them. But the vast majority of people are never going to call me. They don't like me. They don't like financial people. They don't. They think that I'm going to try to, you know, be a snake oil salesperson. This, that, or the other. You know, there's a long list of pe- of reasons that people will not call me, which is the consumer's prerogative. Because of that, because the book is not really there to just to say call Jay, but that I leave the option open. And because I realize that, you know, that is going to be the case, that doesn't mean that doing it yourself is necessarily a great idea. I didn't say that either. And I won't say that because every situation can be slightly different. And then in addition to that, there are other problems or other issues that arise on execution. And then finally, after you're done applying and then you become a policyholder, even then there can be a billing problem, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the, I tell all of my clients, look, if you encounter this, something that is confusing to you, got billed something weirdly that you do not understand, I can be your first filter, meaning 
this looks right, this looks wrong, right? That way you're not sitting there worried going, well, and, you know, exists in our society where everyone's suspicious of insurance carrier, you know, and I try to debunk that in the book. I try to on multiple occasions to say, look, insurance carriers trying to sell to a market of 60 million consumers, the idea they're trying to pick you off singularly in the entire country, which would create huge problems because all of these companies get approval from the federal government. So if they're systematically saying we're going to cover X and then not cover X, <laughs> you know, that is the no fly zone for the insurance carriers. Anyway, my point is, is still there human errors. There's bureaucracy, there are human errors in coding, there are human errors at the counter, other things that come up that you know, do take some work or some understanding. And if you're a newcomer, if you're not experienced in speaking Phoenician, where Phoenician is the official language, and you're, doesn't matter, you could have a PhD in Mandarin, doesn't help you in ancient Phoenicia, just doesn't. So, and that's what it can be when you talk to the carrier. You know, I, I don't really make too big a notion or I don't, don't, really emphasize this in the book because of the fact that I don't want the book to be seen as just, you know, huge advertisement and billboard to say, call Jay. You know, it is primarily there for the idea that people understand the numbers and the flexibility of Medicare, but yet you also be able to understand what some of the ramifications of the decisions that you make. However, once you've made the decision, actually executing are some other stages involved. Why the long introduction? You can certainly ask. Because don't do that is going to be about some of this. And that's our first example here on this new segment, which is, you know, Alan in Texas called or wrote me an email. And he described his situation where he actually read the book and he drew the correct conclusion of comparison, which is, hey, look, I work for a large employer and I have to pay X dollars a month. But if I just pay and enroll in Medicare and take a look at Medicare Advantage, given my health and given the cost, I can get far lower out-of-pocket maximums under Medicare than I can in my large employer-provided plan. That can be very true. That can be very true, And which is my point, which is that it is a math and money exercise of what's important to you. So basically, this person says, I don't really go to the doctor very often but I still get X dollars deducted from my paycheck, from my payroll. Well, if I just redeploy that, you know, slightly differently, his in his particular example, he compared what the X dollars was compared to enrolling in Medicare and dropping the large employer plan, in which case, you know, he found that, you know, his out-of-pocket expenses could potentially be much lower. And if he reached a catastrophic situation, his maximum out-of-pocket expense would be notably lower, thousands of dollars lower than under his large employer plan. That he read correctly. He read correctly 
in Maximize Your Medicare. It is the point. It is the correct point. But then on execution was a different matter. Because then later, what ends up, I said, yes, you can do this, and here are some things to consider. And, you know, if you want to just deploy me as broker, I waive the fee, the one-time fee for that I need to impose and agree upon in advance. But if you have no extenuating circumstances and I'm just going to be the broker, then I'm going to charge you zero. And he said, okay, fine. And then, you know, some, a, a few days pass by and he reports back to me, well, I just signed up for this particular plan. And what ended up happening is he didn't vet the networks completely and he has a particular specialist and a particular specialist where it sat outside of the network. This kind of defeats the purpose, right? In other words, you know, yes, after doing all the heavy lifting of understanding Maximize Your Medicare and the chapter that deals with large employer plans and how to actually think through the math of money and think through the fact that Medicare Advantage or Medicare plans, whether that be Medicare Advantage or Medigap, do have superior out-of-pocket maximums compared to pretty much, pretty much most, the, the overwhelming majority of other health insurance, whether that be in the individual market and, and the, by far the more, um, more than the overwhelming majority of large employer plans even. He went through all the heavy lifting but then on the execution, just to click away and just do it in the most expeditious, fastest form without thinking through and flipping over the rocks on actually then choosing the Medicare Advantage plan. And then, you know, part of this, the, the second part of the error here is, and it's kind of really just part of extension of the first error, is the fact that, hey, maybe I'm just going to call the carrier and see if I can unwind and go back and choose a different Medicare Advantage plan. Now, the reality is, is the federal government doesn't allow this. The CMS, when you are first enrolling in Medicare and choosing a Medicare Advantage plan, right, you don't have the ability to simply switch amongst Medicare Advantage plans. That is not one of the stated flexibilities. <clears throat> it only, that flexibility only exists during the annual election period. When it's your first time enrolling in a Part D plan or in a Medicare Advantage plan, when you're first becoming eligible for Medicare, you don't get to switch around. Now, can it be that a particular state has overriding abilities meaning that that's the federal standard. But ultimately, it has to these Medicare Advantage plans and Part D plans and Medigap plans, they have to ultimately be governed by the individual state. So if your state has an overriding rule that allows you to rescind and then to change course, then it's possible. However, the federal standard doesn't explicitly you know, protect you for that. So you can see what has happened here is Alan, you know, went through the hard work, figured out the fact that, 
hey, you know, there can be this situation where I should should maybe even cancel my large employer plan. And that's not going to be true for every person at every large employer plan. No. But in his particular situation, that was the conclusion. And I probably would have agreed, given his point and his overriding concern of the, you know, out of pocket maximum. However, you know, he then put down the book and then decided to do it himself. And here is what I'm saying about, you know, the introduction to this segment, right? Which is that, yes, you can go through the heavy analysis and think to yourself, okay, does this help me? Does this hurt me? Does this help me? Does this hurt me? He could, you can, can you get that logic from Maximize Your Medicare? The answer actually is yes. However, it doesn't mean that the individual person, and even if you are you know, clever enough and resourceful enough and determined enough to get to the right answer, actually executing, crossing the, actually crossing the finish line is an entirely different matter, a separate one, a separate one. It's not the emphasis of the book. It's not the emphasis of the book because, like I said, you know, some of you, yeah, of course, in the perfect world, every single person that followed the logic of Maximize Your Medicare calls Jay and says, can you, you know, point me in the right direction? Can you assist me to get me across the finish line? Yes, that, that of course, I could do that. I know the practical reality is that the vast majority are not going to do so. This person did the first two steps, but then decided to try to cross the finish line himself. Now, unwinding the situation and all of the entanglements and the extra work and heartache that it's going to take in order to do so could have been all prevented. All right, that's it for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you enjoy your podcast, you can subscribe to this. And by the way, if you listen to the Maximize Your Medicare podcast on Apple Podcast, please leave a five-star rating. It helps other people discover the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. Thanks for listening. Speak with you the next time. Mm-hmm.